Hello and welcome to Harold Hay. It's uh, Corey Vaughn with Adam Samaha. And today we are talking about Harold's Kitty, which is written by Jordan Arkin and Steve Vixton, directed by Steve Saki. Uh, yeah, this is... Um, okay, first, hello. Welcome back. We've been gone. Um, we actually recorded this episode a while ago and we've had so much trouble um, even getting this conversation onto it. <laughs> It's been crazy, right? Yeah, it's been terrible. Technical difficulties, but as they say, in the industry. Today has gone very well. It has. Um, so we're sorry that it's been like a month since you've heard from us, but we're here. Um, this episode is uh, just very quickly. Um, it's it's a, it's going to be a good one. We talk about um, how lonely Harold is. They give him a nice backstory. They do. They humanize the Harold. Yeah. He's super annoying, but like also kind of cute and sweet, too. Um, yeah, so back to business. We're so sorry that we've been gone. Please rate and review us. By the way. Oh, yeah. We got a bad review. Our first one. one star. And I don't think they actually listen to the show or understand what is going on here. Yeah, they said that we don't take it seriously, which I think is the opposite. I think we take it too seriously. The fact that, like... We make a podcast about a cartoon means we're taking it yeah. extremely seriously. This person, which, look. I don't want to rip them apart, but yeah. if they knew the hours, the blood, the sweat, and the tears we put into this show for you people. This is still my favorite cartoon. So I'm sorry if it's not good enough for you, but. <laughs> like, I, it almost hurt you my feelings. listen to Gilmore Guys. Yes, exactly. Fine. Listen to another show. Don't listen to ours. Um, yeah, well, okay. Um. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Rate and review us. Um, don't do the one stars. Last time I said, or one time I said, I don't want four star reviews. That person obviously heard that loud and clear yeah. and gave us a one star review. Yeah. Uh, uh, can't win them all. Give us, give us those full, give us the full cry. Yep, That's what the I full, think. The full five. Um, okay. Well, uh, please enjoy. Uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too bad. <laughs> I'm Have sure, fun. Is there, Bye. Is, there anything, is there anything else of, of, of worth here? No, I think we're cool. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in and enjoy um, this episode of Hey Arnold. Hey. Enjoy. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for. So Harold's Kitty has uh, uh, Harold, of course, he's in the title of the name, right? Uh, He's uh, taking a stick and running next to this giant, looming, haunted type house, uh, making a making a lot of noise. Uh, And this old lady um, kind of painted as a a haunted house spinster type lady uh, opens the window and says, who's making all this racket? And Harold yells back at her that she's mean and old and alone. And she yells back that he's a rotten kid and then she throws water on him and he says something like, I'm going to do whatever I want. So that, you know, for some reason they've set these two as enemies and then uh, it breaks off from her story and it's, it's just Harold. He uh, uh, goes and watches some, um, you know, his friends play, playing kickball and uh, he, he, he yells at them. Uh, basically I wouldn't play with you guys if you asked me. And then 
he goes off to the side laughing. And then Arnold says, hey, maybe we should ask him. And all the kids say, no, we're not. This guy's a bully. He's the worst. Then it cuts back to Harold and he says, why didn't they ask me? And that sets the tone for the rest of the episode, which is Harold feels alone, uh, but can't help but be mean, be a mean bully. Um, so uh, as he's kind of thinking about uh, uh, this philosophical problem of doing what he doesn't want to do, uh, he uh, hears this noise in the trash can uh, next to him and uh, him and Arnold find out it's a cat. Um, and uh, at first Harold's disgusted by it. But then he decides, actually, it's kind of cute. And so uh, Arnold says, okay, I'll you know set up some signs and you can take care of the cat. So Harold takes the cat home and bonds with this thing. It's it's a perfect relationship. He's, he's named the cat Cupcake. He's uh, buying toys for him, um, kind of revealing his heart to this cat. Uh, meanwhile, Arnold does find the owner. It's the old lady from the beginning of the episode. Um, nice plot twist, right? And then, um, of course, when uh, when Harold finds out that Arnold has uh, found the rightful owner, um, he kind of loses it and holds up in his parents' home uh, <laughs> like it's the Vietnam War or something. He like dresses up in camouflage, and you expect him to throw grenades out the window or something. But the whole the whole neighborhood shows up because he's literally holed himself up in this house. He's you know put uh, uh, wood boards on the front door and has rationed out food for him and the cat. Um, so Arnold, Arnold and the old lady are there at this point and, uh, trying to reason with him. And eventually the neighborhood, the cops all show up. Um, and it takes this moment where Arnold enters into this, uh, barricade that, that Harold has put up and says, Hey, you know, this cat, this is the, you know, the, the owner misses this cat. Uh, if you really care about the cat, you should give it up. So Harold ends up, giving up the cat comes out of the house crying like a little child. Uh, well, I guess he's nine though. So, so he is a child. He's a child. Um, you know, shows, shows that shows that old woman that he really cares for this cat. And the old woman verbally says, you're still rotten, but you know what? If you want to come play with this cat, you can do that. Uh, and then it, the last kind of mini, it's like, 30 seconds is uh, of Harold playing with the cat and the old lady watering her garden and the kids thinking, you know what? Harold's not so bad, but also he's still kind of weird. Um, and it's just like an adorable ending of two enemies coming together. Um, and that's, that's Harold's kitty. Did I miss any, any important plot points there? No, no, I think it's no. good. I think it's like a fairly simple episode, but then when we, there's a lot we can dive into. I like that. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Eventually, we're gonna to get to the kind of thesis scene here. But um, uh, any any small things you noticed that maybe we could talk about more later. But any any quick moments at all? Um, no, I think we can get into that later. Yes, I think it, think it will re- reveal itself as yeah the yeah. discussion goes. I on. mean, I I do like well uh, yeah. You know what? We'll jump to the thesis scene. Right. Okay. So it it is. Uh, it, sorry, I'm just thinking the, the one thing I do want to say, which we can get definitely get to is, uh, the three lines of, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't play with you if you asked me. And then Arnold saying, maybe we should ask him. And then it cutting back to Harold and him saying, I would have played if they had asked me. That's like a gr- <laughs> just great wordplay. Um, 
Well, which, and I think the the emotional depth to that and what it reveals in him. We'll we'll open that up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I. It's almost too good to talk about right now. You're right. Um, okay, so yeah, the thesis scene. I think um, right after he takes the cat home, he's kind of connecting with the cat in a really beautiful way. Um, yeah, I think that's the one. You're so little. Guess you don't have anybody in the world. You're all alone. No other cats or nobody to play with. I I know what that's like. Sometimes I. Harold. What? If that animal makes on the rug, you are gonna have to clean it up, Mister. All right, all right, I'll clean it up. Oh, don't worry, Cupcake. I'll take care of you. It's just you and me. We we don't need anybody else. So this episode um, has a couple different moments uh, where Harold reveals his true heart, and I think this scene is the climax of that. Um, he he's using the cat. The, Talk, he talks to the cat as a way of revealing his own heart. Um, maybe he, maybe he's even kind of talking to himself. I mean, he's a little goofy and dumb, so he is talking to the cat. But the viewer can see, uh, no, he's actually he's talking to himself about himself, um, talking about uh, how he's got no one else, talking about um, how they just have each other, and he'll take care of he'll take care of you know I'll take care of you because. Um, we got each other, um, and and comparing himself to the, uh, he sees himself in the cat. The cat was lost. The cat was scared. The cat needed somebody, um, and I think Harold sees himself in that, um, and you get bits of that throughout the episode surrounding that. But that moment, um, it's like so sweet and tender, and then it gets broken up by his loud abrasive mother, and then it gets you know dives back into a, a sweet caring connecting moment yeah I, I love this scene it's great it's a great scene i think it's almost like the cat is a stand-in for like a therapist absolutely and where a therapist would like make these sort of vague like sort of probing questions the cat's like very presence mm. and very like innocence that's like innate in it as like a, a lost cat you know and the cuteness and sweetness of it and the fact that there is some sort of correlation between or like similarity between his story and the cat's story right right it's like asking those vague probing questions by it's just it's very being and he's just sort of opening up oh and my divulging gosh. everything it's crazy how um present harold is but like how truth telling is of his own story in that moment um the question earlier that he asks himself is why do I got to be so mean is maybe answered here. Um, it's because he feels alone. He feels like an other, like a, well, and the thing I realized about his character a lot in this episode is there's like a reflective quality to him mm. where whatever he's like very influenced by his environment. So like whatever he's around, he sort of reciprocates. So he's kind of like an ogre and he's kind of dumb, mm-hmm. and he's kind of off-putting, and and so when people respond to him as that, he acts as that thing. But then when he is shown some sort of like vague mm-hmm. love or attention or whatever that cat is doing for him, mm-hmm. it's like he can reciprocate that. And it's the same as we'll talk later on probably with the old lady in the house. Right, right. She looks like a certain thing, therefore people treat her like that certain thing, therefore right. she acts like that thing. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like this sort of it's like the snake eating its tail. It's like this like circular sort of like yeah thing that goes on. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's good. I- 
I want to say that he that generally, um, I think we've talked about before, especially with Helga um, and with Torvald too, um, which Torvald was several episodes ago. If you missed it, um, oh, I watched it. Well, not I'm talking to oh, the, our oh, listeners, the people, yes, the people out there. Uh, but they, the writers are really good at um, opening up the heart of bullies and the misunderstood. Um, and I think they're welcoming Harold into that conversation. Into yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I know there are, you know, several other, um, backstory Harold episodes, and this is the first really major, um, you know, I think up until this point, he's just a really annoying kid with like a annoying voice. And like, it feels like cheap writing, um, because he just is sort of like a, a, a go-to trope of a bully. There's no, it feels like there's no layers to him. And this episode allows him to, it's like you get to see the softer, sensitive side they humanize of him. him. Yeah. The, oh yeah. Totally humanize him. And that's, that's like a, a huge strength of this show. Um, and but, so, but, but, but knowing like having watched the show and they do that to every other character, it's right. almost like, you know, he'll get his day. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. it just for some reason hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I mean, so many characters are going to get that. And I just, I guess I appreciate that the most annoying one gets it too. Um, yeah. His voice is like so grating. It, uh, it, yeah. it is just. Well, so is hers, the lady, the spinster type. Totally. To- and that, okay, so that's a, what, what a great segue, man. That's yeah, great. I did, look what I did. Yeah, that was good. Just complaining about her, like every other person in this oh, town. Yeah. Hmm. No, she, she's all right. So I've been trying to think of, uh, you know, Google's hard. It really is. I've been, I've been trying to look up some specific. So I know. Specific, like, critical feminist theory on um, the way old old women in haunted houses are presented in literature and film. Um, because it's a common trope. And, <clears throat> you know, if I was to pull some, like, loose, loose feminist abject theory, uh, I would say... You're just riffing right now? Riffing right now. Just going for it. Um, not, I'm not quoting anything specifically, because I had, I, again, I had trouble finding it. Um, I know that there's there's got to be something out there. Yeah, there is some uh, writing about it. Some in probably a lot of places. I just didn't know what like you know like when you use Google, it's like what combination like old lady haunted house feminism. I don't know. Like I don't know what what that is. But um, you know, her home is dark and brooding, and it kind of stands out in um, in this town as like the other the other house. Um, It's it you know haunted um, haunted has. themes of like monstrousness or like scary or different. Um, so even just the presentation of where she lives is, is really foreboding and also um, like pushing away of any outside um, connection. And so, and it's weird cause they don't really talk about it being a haunted house. No one walks by and says, what is this place? It's scary. You just kind of, I mean, at least for me, when I see the, that image, you know, it, it fits into um, the trope of a haunted house, or at least the old dilapidated building on the other side of the road. So I feel like, and this is an, this is also riffing, but Please. I feel like there's with older men, they're often perceived as, or like as they age, it's like fine wine. Like they sort of totally, yeah. They become wise or and they kooky. Have so much information, like yes, grandpa, and they go either way. Right. And there is like the sort of like uh, miserly old, just sort of curmudgeon type you yeah, know the, the old man who spits at the kids and they yeah so there, there's this similar male equivalent but i think if you want to go the direction you want to go i think it's like 
to me there's a definitely like an evolutionary evan di- evolutionary dynamic where once the procreating component of femininity has surpassed right that 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 older woman and I, I don't agree with this, but I think this is what they're, t- yes, they're playing yes. with. Yeah. Is the older woman becomes unnecessary. And then because she un- becomes unnecessary, her, 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 she's almost like a ghost. She almost becomes like like a ghost a of her former self. Yeah. A non-thing. Which then ultimately becomes scary. Yes. So there's yes. like that sort of component to it. Well, yeah, so that, I think there's something there. And that's that. a, I mean, that's a, that's a deconstructed type of theory too like she's there but not there she's so that's interesting too but even what you said about like um like post procreating age yeah uh, that's where the term spinster is used a lot and i want to say that phrase like it's not politically politically correct makes it sound like it's a cheap statement. we all know you're woke Corey. thank you um it's (laughs) it's not a statement that ever should be used to describe anybody it's like except for right now right now as we're talking about this (laughs) but i think they want you to make an assumption about this lady that she's old crabby alone and in fact that harold even says that you're just alone and you have nothing like he basically says you're worth nothing you're alone you're in this this gross building alone and you're mean and that's that's one those are a few of the like common tropes of the spinster the other is um kind of like um fussy or or um uh p- particular um she has like like a weird like bonnet necklace like like not a bonnet but like a like the loopy uh, yeah the lacy thing the lacy yeah the le- lacy neckline and she has like well she looks like she like went to, into the house one day 50, 60, 70 years ago, and then never came out. Right, right. You know I mean, like, yeah. something happened, and she sort of stunted and stayed in this space. Yeah, I mean, she she looks like um, Betsy Ross or something, like, she, like she's been working on a flag or something. Yeah. And she She's from another era. Um, and so I think the, 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 the writers want you to think of that common trope of the, the crazy old cat lady spinster who lives in the haunted house um, who's, who's just like crazy and mean i think you know the viewer sees that as like oh like she's just a plot device she um i mean you really other her as you watch it um because they quickly move off move off of her onto another narrative well that's all i think also it looks like they're doing a like generational play yeah so it's like they're doing the same thing to harold as they are doing with her and it's appealing to two different generations or two different groups of mm, people, mm. right? So you, they're sort of humanizing two people at the same time at different points in the episode. Right, right. But then there's a point where it converges. And then, so they start off as two disparate things, but then they converge at the very end. Yeah. And they've both become humanized. Yes. And they're both in, like weirdos that have sort of found each other. Right, right. Well, and the, and I think the point is that they're, yeah, I, I mean, I, they, they are particular and unique, but... It's not that they're weirdos; it's that they're just lonely, and they and and well, but they can by read that in each by other. societal standards, they're yes. outcasts. Yes, they're outcasts, and I think not only are they giving Harold this annoying bully a story, they're also giving this really one-off character not a full story because she's not going to be a, a major character, but by letting her, because she says at one point, um, I wrote it down. Um, that the cat is the only friend she has. Uh, 
which is basically the same story as Harold's story. Yeah. It's, it's, um, that's why they run. Yeah. They run. Yeah. Parallel. So I, I think in some ways they, yeah, they, they present her as this like spinster type, but they tear that down by giving her like a vulnerability in her loneliness. Um, yeah. and then by, like you said, converging with Harold's story, it, it makes us understand him more and really understand her more as well. Um, yeah. 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 And, and I think, I don't know. I think that another reason it's sort of interesting is because they use the cat as like a way to open him up uh-huh. and it's the thing that brings them together uh-huh. except. And so she has this perception of him that ultimately to some degree goes away because they end up hanging out together mm-hmm. more or less. And it's like, on top of that, you have his classmates that don't want to extend right, themselves right. that way, partially because they have each other. Mm-hmm. So whether so they don't need his company because they have each other's company. This lady doesn't have anybody's company, so she has the cat's company, and then she just adds one, which is him. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. So for her to make that sort of leap of faith and go, well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'll see where this goes, mm. is more of a benefit and a win for her because she's alone. They're, his fellow classmates and friends don't have that same predicament because they have each other. They are all friends together. Yeah. So it's easy for them to shut him out because they don't need the friendship and the companionship. I don't need any more friends is essentially what they're saying. I get that. You know, yeah. when you have too many friends, it's like yeah. it's easy just to cut, start cutting them out. Yeah. <laughs> snip, snip, snip. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the other nice little picture at the end, and maybe the, this wasn't even on purpose, but, uh, you see Harold playing with the cat on the, you know, on the front stoop of this old lady's dilapidated building and she's watering her plants instead of throwing water on kids. And that's a small symbol, but it, I think when you're thinking of people coming together and finding life in each other, it's just a nice, it was just a nice little image of seeing this old lady watering the plants in in her front, in her front, on her front stoop. Um, and that's a small symbol of life that is being grown in that community. Well, and also it kind of looks like it's hearkening back to something she had done before hmm. when she had her own family, potentially. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like she, Harold becomes her child in that moment. And that, that would be like, without the haunting house behind her, it would be like sort of like a stereotypical, like familial yeah. picture. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like watering the plants. Well, sort the of kids picturesque. playing with cats. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's almost like the cat's playing with him. And that yeah, scene, he's yeah. like on his back, like playing like a cat is. Whoa. Yeah. Great, dude. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's great, though. I love it. Um, another thing I want to talk about, um, which actually, oh, man, I this may be an interesting means of conversation. Do you think that Harold um, kind of locking himself up in his own home is a reflection of that old lady doing the same thing? Oh, yeah. At, like his house kind of becomes dilapidated. Like his his room is in shambles. They have their boards on all the windows and doors. Well, that's to keep everybody out, but it's the same for her. It's yeah. It's he's physically keeping everybody out. She's doing it more in a uh, like facade, like yeah, f- f- fake a fake yeah facade way. Yeah. Um. But I I I think that's interesting, and I I like I I always like the symbols of um like people either hiding things in rooms or in closets or shutting themselves in a building like that, because it takes someone like Arnold who uh, this is just in his personality and character. Um, it takes Arnold 
really working to get through there. He has to like open a window, climb yeah. through a window, climb over all the stuff. Yeah, the door. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that's that's um, uh, in a. It's not literally because it's just like Harold in his house, but in a symbolic way, Arnold's saying, "I'm willing to make make the effort and do the hard work to to figure out the soul to get, of to this." To meet you, situ- yeah, to yeah. meet you exactly. So totally. it's. I think that's another just nice symbol. Um, and they try to make it out. Arnold, Arnold, um, saying like you know, uh, the cat probably misses his owner, and I think. I think I think the meaning of the episode is bigger than that, and I think even Arnold entering into that space, that like very vulnerable space, is much more of an important thing. And I think something I just realized is, as you were saying that is so at the at, at the point where Arnold and Harold find the cat, right? Arnold's first reaction is to find the rightful owner, right? And that sort of is in line with his character throughout the show, which we've talked about right, before. Right. Which is his need to like fix things. Oh, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with what I think is interesting is it to me it shows like the emotional stability of both characters. Mm-hmm. So he's emotionally stable enough or centered enough, let's say, to be able to say, This is a sweet, cute thing. It's not my sweet, cute thing. I'm gonna find the owner for that thing. Yeah. Where Harold sees it as like this is a thing that I'm lacking and I need. Mm. I don't care mm. if it goes to its rightful owner. Wow. Who cares about it? I need this thing to fill this thing in me. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Wow. So it's kind of like Arnold seems like he. I mean, yeah, it seems like he has more of like the yeah emotional stability to be able to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And if- I think that I think that sort of plays into you see that in society overall. Mm. There's like the opportunity to do the right thing or the wrong thing. So say like there's a, a, a wallet out. Right. If you don't right. need money, you're more likely to probably take the wallet, find the rightful yeah. owner. If you need the money, you're more likely to steal it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person or a good person. It just means in that moment, you're more likely to do something because right, right. some strange situation presents itself. And, and whether you do it or not may indicate like self-control kind of indi- or like... Um, but to me, it indicates more of like where you're at. True. Like True. self-control is relative to where you are. <clears throat> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this and the whole scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, in, I think in that moment, uh, maybe money's not the right idea, but maybe it was food even whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, when they find the cat, the first thing Harold does is, Oh, that's a monster. That thing. It's not me. <laughs> it's I like moments ago he was othered yeah. and then he does the same to this cat. Like, yeah. Oh, this cat's gross. Yeah. But then he sees himself in it alone cute right yeah uh uh like yeah i I mean the main thing is alone in this world right uh he sees himself in that and so i think i don't know if it's explicit in that moment it's then explicit a few moments later in the in our thesis scene Mm -hmm. but the the subtext of this is this cat's alone i'm alone let's be alone together yeah And, and i think another thing that they play with a lot in that is they play with like stereotypes a lot in this so mm. he's there's a lot of negative stereotypes surrounding cats, and I think he's buying into that. Mm. Mm. And then later on, mm. when the scene that you were referencing earlier, where they're trying to get Harold out of the house with the cat, the dad pulls him and goes, "He's not gross." He's like, "He licks himself all day." Yeah. I would consider that yeah. gross. Yeah. And it's like there a lot of it is taking things at face value. You know what I mean? Huh. And then huh. the whole episode, lot systematically, because there's only about two or three maybe different concepts, that they sort of look at stereotypically and then flip on their head and humanize, yeah. Yeah. you know? But there's like nods to sort of 
cats, bullies, old ladies in yes. haunted houses. Yeah, they're taking yeah. like kind of things you see. Yeah, stereotypes. Then yeah, that's around. a nice um, sub thread that uh, fits with yeah the the conversation of like loneliness and stuff. Um, that that he Harold is more than his loneliness, and he's more totally. than uh, his like bullying tendencies. And it's really a lot of his stuff is similar to Helga's too. Both of them are, are like, why do I do the thing I don't want to do? Yeah. Like I'm, ma- I'm making, Harold's making fun of the thing he needs. Totally. He's making fun of. Does it, do his parents and, get him a cat after this episode? I don't think so. See, they should have read the scene and been like, this kid needs a cat. Totally. Totally. And, but I think the lack uh, of that, if that doesn't happen, which I'm guessing it doesn't. I don't think it does. But that says a lot about. The their, familial dynamic. Yeah, their dynamic is interesting. It's like, I mean, it's definitely um, stereotypically Jewish, uh, and that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, look, I've seen plenty of Woody Allen movies to know that that <laughs> I'm not far off there, right? Am I right? Yeah. No, Woody Allen's movies are great. Yeah, they're great. He's not a great guy, though, right? No, that's why I talked about his movies. Ooh, smart. <laughs> but uh, so there's a whole. I mean, there's so there there are narratives about um, yeah Harold like finding himself in his faith and there's a there's one about him like stealing from a butcher you know uh, <laughs> like uh, so even those two things are going to say a lot about his familial life i think yeah yeah um, um, um well look this is a sweet darling episode where we get to see the heart of of harold um is there anything else uh what do you think i think we can just i think that this is an easy episode to summarize it's a good episode i thought it would be like a filler but it's actually pretty good um, it's like, yeah. they talk about sort of emotional insecurity, lacking of emotional mm-hmm. attention, care, love, those general things. Yeah. Othering, which yeah. is like a big one. Yeah. Um, and sort of how othering operates within the unknown and within fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Harold seems like somebody that, somebody that does that a lot. Like, it seems like he's a character where he doesn't understand a thing. It immediately turns him off yeah. and then he becomes angry about it. And abrasive and all of those negative bullying qualities. He, uh, he's the kind of character that says, "What is that? I don't like that noogie noogie noogie." Yeah. Like there's no, there's no, um, like his surface level vibe is there's no, well, yeah, there's no depth. Like yeah. on the surface, that's what he is. I don't yeah. like the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Even though I don't, I might not even know what it is. I don't understand. I yeah. mock what I don't understand. Definitely. But as soon as he does understand it, he's all in, and he's yeah, like a sweet, sad little guy. Yeah. But by little, I mean. 14 year old or whatever he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. I, 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 another thing I guess is that he puts all of his issues onto this cat. So he like names him cupcake and like, mm-hmm. clear, they've made a lot of jokes about him being chubby. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly he overeats. He's always hungry. Mm-hmm. And so he calls the cat cupcake. So mm-hmm. it's like the cat is a stand in for his heart. The cat is a stand in for his overeating. The yeah. cat is a stand in for his loneliness. Like all those things are like shoved onto this cat, which uh, you mentioned something um, as we were setting up about like therapy animals, which is a, oh yeah yeah like not explicitly referenced here, but it's an interesting. Um, it's like you're seeing it at work. Yeah, that animals open up things in people. I mean, I remember I remember being sad with my dog as a kid. Seriously, I remember like like needing a needing a minute and yeah. going outside and my dog understanding. Yeah, and, it, and I think it's because uh, mo- for the most part. Animals don't offer the complexities that humans do emotionally. Hmm. They don't ask much from you besides right. simple things. They just want attention. They reinforce like often like good behavior. Hmm. Like 
if you if you want to hang out and pet me, like I'll hang out and let you pet me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's reciprocal in that sense, and it's very simple. They're simple, and they cause contentment and all of those yeah. certain things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's almost meditative too. Like even definitely. playing and petting it with an animal, it's so repetitive. It's so mindless, but it's just purely positive. Yes. And I think that sort of yeah. purely positive interaction perpetuates itself. Yeah. Just like for him, Harold, purely negative instances perpetuate themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the cat allows him to see, it actually allows him to see a softer side to himself. Yeah. Which is, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cry of the week. Uh, I mean, there's one obvious one and I want yeah. you to, I want you to say it. The obvious woman he has to get rid of his cat. I don't know. Yeah, that's super that sad. Hmm. Well, and the fact that I know that he doesn't get a cat. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. It's just plain bad parenting. Sure, sure. Yeah. You don't think that Cry of the Week is when he straight up says to the cat, I, you oh, were all alone, and I understand I'm, that. Yeah. That, to me, is... There are different types of cries. Sure. That, yeah. that one is... I'll let you have that cry. That one's a cry of understanding. Like, he yeah. understands himself, and he's putting it on the cat but he's putting it on the cat because he's feeling it in his heart yeah and that moment that's like a moment of non-human connection but a moment of connection nonetheless it's yeah human cat connection about yeah. loneliness and it's like very succinct sorrow about loneliness mm-hmm. and that is both like lovely and wonderful and also heartbreaking Oh, I think we've said a couple times, but I think we've kind of glossed over is the introspectiveness in this episode on his part Mm. is like the first time you see that. Yeah. It's the first character other than Helga Helga. to get a true like monologue, even though his is much like it's simpler and smaller because he's kind of, but that's kind of how he is. Right. It suits his character. But I feel like just the moment that the seeing that, uh, in in itself is like interesting in the show, Mm. I think. Yeah, yeah. So that introspective moment is, that's my cry of the week. Good call. Thank you for that. No problem. Yeah. And yours is just him giving away the cat. Yeah, and then not getting one back. Yeah. I'm even mine. Don't say just giving I'm sorry, away his cat. I'm sorry. He cried like a big baby. It's also a nice moment, though, him like, it's like he's sharing his heart with this old lady. Yeah. Yeah. And it brought them together for, yeah. I don't know how long, but, you know, they had a good uh, Just for the moment. Yeah. 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 That's all you need sometimes. Um, I'll give it four cries. Yeah. Three Not cries. quite five. Three. Yeah, yeah, three. I get it. Um, you, uh, We like doing smooth jazz of the week. Um, and that, by the way, smooth jazz is just sort of the term we use. Uh, there's going to be like old old school jazz, soul, electro funk. Yeah, all um, sorts of crap. That, but within that Arnold genre. It has to be reminiscent of things and sounds we've heard in the show. Yeah. So I if think there's funk components, whatever it is. Funky and jazzy is for sure the, the, yeah. two, the two terms I think of. Um, so you are excited to share this thing, and I, I didn't write it down. I, I just realized I don't know the name of the song off the top of my head. Um, uh, wait, but, wait. Well, okay, so I can just... I, Talk I, about it while I look it up. Yeah. So it's... there. <laughs> I don't know. This is a simple thing to talk about. Um, Thundercat is an artist. He's a bass player. He's played with Erica Badu. He played on Kendrick Lamar's stuff. Uh, has done work with Flying Lotus, a lot of other folks. Uh, he has a new album called Drunk that's phenomenal. Has insanely good cover art, album art. Um, and the song is called Walk On By, and it fe- features everybody's favorite rapper right now, Kendrick Lamar. 
Um, and there's a lot of, it's a lonely song. And he phrases it as he does throughout the album in a sort of a playful, fun way. But it's, the line is essentially like, in the end of it all, no one wants to drink alone. That's the phrase. That's a chorus. And then there's some other lines in there about being lonely, introspective. There's one specifically that says, which we saw, heard as we were listening to this, uh, which has a lot to do with Harold, is like, why do I act this way? I shouldn't act like this or something like that. And it's like an introspective yeah. Harold moment within the song. Uh, so I think it, it's, it, it fits, and it's a fantastic song. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, enjoy, and th- thanks, for, thanks for tuning in. Adios. Bye.